You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. Live from the Stamp Show Here Today infotainment complex, this is the award-winning Stamp Show Here Today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless Tosh by joining the Stamp Show Here Today community. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership, and we are an APS-affiliated club. Listen to the end credits for information on joining. This is Lord Cash. This is Supreme Allied Commander Mark. This is Sir Jim. This is Jeff. This is Lowly Surf Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Just Jeff? Aren't you a member? Of APS? No, of uh, Stamp Show here today. No, not yet, but I will. Ah, because if you pay your 10 bucks... Then you can be an uh, Earl or a Lord or a new yeah. Supreme Commander. Can't get a better deal than that. It, 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 or you can be like me and be a serf. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to dive right in to a stamp which um, Scott is, will tell us about. It's near and dear to Cash's heart. Yes, it is. He, he likes the three-cent Washington 10, 11, 25, 26 varieties. And uh, today... We saw a number 26 that was masquerading as a number 25. And what's the difference in value there? I think it's like $125 versus $8, something like that. This was a mint. Well, this was a mint stamp. Oh, then it so was, then it was $1,000 versus $40? Yeah. So um, <laughs> good if you can get it, but uh, this wasn't it. And uh, somebody had uh, basically the difference is the uh, the frame lines are on all four sides on a number twenty five, and on number twenty six they the top and the bottom frame lines were burnished out, and then the uh, well, outer frame lines were recut, and uh, and so um, somebody had drawn in. They'd taken a 26 and drawn in the top and the bottom frame lines for the design again. And uh, so, I mean, they did a really good, decent job of of matching the color. But uh, the only problem is we have this magic machine called a VSC. (laughs) And uh, not only, you know, if somebody knows what they're looking at, they can tell just by looking at it with magnification. But... We always use the VSC to confirm things like this, and when you put it, run it through the the VSC, uh, there are areas that show up where the line just disappears because it's a different ink. Yeah, we. Um, <clears throat> when I saw it, I knew immediately it was a number twenty-six. But I've been looking at these things for a really, really super long time. Well, yeah, uh, there are certain characteristics that tell you. You know, certain characteristics that'll tell you it's it's definitely a 26, and it can only be a 26. And this stamp had at least one of those characteristics, and so that's why when Cash looked at it, he goes, "Nope, it's 26." Whereas, uh, you know, most people would have to put a glass on it and go hem and haw about it and think about it. But can I interject here? Sure. Because I I uh, expertise on that stamp, and um, I had to put a glass on it. Mm-hmm. But once you put a glass on it, you can see there's something just not quite right. 
Well, that's um, that's just it. And yeah, you have well, to you have to be able to have some twenty fives in your reference collection. So you well, no, you it. have to have a twenty six. Well, just having a twenty six, you can tell that the ink is slightly different. Right. And uh, but you know, for the for the beginner, and a lot of times for an intermediate collector, it can be a difficult call because they you know an intermediate intermediate collector should know the design differences, but not necessarily be aware of all the other things that they can be fooled by um, and obviously a beginner collector is going to have n- very little idea of what's going on they're going to trust somebody more knowledgeable so it, it's it's definitely a thing and you know and 25s 26 are not the only stamps that get altered to look like a more expensive stamp either um, well, a lot of th- sometimes we'll see the uh, offset two cent issues, which have types four through seven. Uh, a lot of times we'll see the type five A altered to make a type five, which is more expensive. Uh, and then on the imperf, a lot of times it'll be altered to make a type seven, which is vastly more expensive. Um, so. These are these are things that that uh, you really have to watch out for, and it's helpful to be able. If you're going to buy one of the more rarer items like this, you really ought to have it have a certificate, or at least talk to somebody that's somewhat knowledgeable that can spot some of these things. Yeah, unfortunately, a used number twenty-five probably isn't worth certifying. But <clears throat> no, but it's mint my, one is. Oh yeah, my in my opinion, if it could be faked by a ten-year-old then you have to be aware of it. Or let alone a 10-year-old <clears throat> with a pair of scissors. Right. <laughs> so co- coils, coils, of course, we're not talking about coils. We're talking about design alterations. Yeah, but you can take a red pen and make line pairs. Well, I mean, we see, line, we see drawn-in lines drawn on line, line pairs. Um, I, I, I can't say we see it with regularity, but uh, unfortunately it's not... Uh, that uncommon either i would say i would say probably 97 or 98 percent of the line pairs we get are genuine lines but uh you know we do have that one two three percent well again with drawn in lines if you're a 10 year old you're using a A red pen and a ruler yeah and a ruler and that's not what they look like i once met a guy at a show and he bragged to me of all people (laughs) that he had a group of pens and he could match any color on any flat plate or rotary press US stamp and create fake guidelines that would fly by the expert committees. And uh, I disagreed with him. And uh, but uh, I mean we have tools to detect this sort of thing. The ink is just wrong. And you can match the color all you want and I've seen some pretty good matches. But uh the the composition of the ink is what gets you. Oh, I saw a US number sixty five where a person took literally like a pink marker and like went over the top oh, of it's, it. It's a crayon, and yes, I've seen those too. Um again, they're altering the color or the the perforations or something like that, but when you scrape off part of a design or you add to the design and we get very good repairs on classic stamps occasionally where they've added a margin and they've actually had to hand draw in parts of the design and add cancel to the new margin. And sometimes they're very, very good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're almost <clears throat> works of art. They are. Yeah. They are. And it it sometimes if you're not uh, paying attention, you can miss it very easily. This uh, twenty five that you were talking about that was a twenty six. The color looked pretty good, actually. I thought the color was good. Yeah, it was a little off. But, yeah, like I said, when I got it under a microscope or a a glass, then you could see that it wasn't as sharp and crisp. It wasn't quite the same. Yeah, it was a slightly Slightly different shade, very slightly different shade. And that's the first key. And then the second key was that it wasn't the same quality of of, uh, impression. Right. I think we we also see um, stamps that have been rebacked or something like that, um, where yeah. they cut the they cut the design out of the stamp. So well, what they, what they do is is a lot of times they'll take one popular thing is to take a, a proof on India paper, which is very 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 thin, and reback it to make it thicker, more like stamp paper, and then. And a lot of times they'll they'll add margins to it to make it the right size, or even try and make it bigger and more attractive. But the problem is the impression on it gives it away as a proof. Proof, yeah. And then you just have to decide what kind of proof is it? Is it a India paper proof? <laughs> is it a card proof that where they've kind of thinned the back to make it more like stamp paper, or is it an India paper where they've added material to make it thicker? Um, I mean, all of these are. are things that we try to figure out when we and with the vsc you can see a lot of that. a lot of that you can see but the, the impression is usually what gives away the the altered proofs yeah but again you know we're talking about fakes done by 10 year olds and well, uh, and these aren't done by 10 year olds these are done by 50 year olds yeah. trying to well, gain yeah. a system but <laughs> on the other side you have to watch out for when it is doable by a 10 year old like well yeah like we said you know coils and drawing in line pairs and stuff like that right and yeah. and actually in this case uh, the 25 be, actually being a 26 that actually could be done by a 10 year old because it's basically adding a straight line to the edge of the design so technically i suppose a 10 year old could do it although most 10 year olds probably don't have the patience and dexterity to do it convincingly yeah you will <clears throat> and also this was a mint stamp a 10 year old wouldn't have a mint but well, they, he'd, they, he'd have a used one which maybe he bought for 50 cents and he says oh i have to fill this spot oh it's got a line at the top and the bottom okay here's the line at the top and the bottom and then put it in his collection yeah and and in the case of the stamp that we had today that the bottom was act the was actually into the perfs so the line that was added was actually not completely on the stamp. It was just across the perf tips. Mm-hmm. So that would have taken some extra care as well. To make I was going to say that that stamp in and of itself is so, the margins are so tight that you rarely find four And, that, and that's because the stamp plates were laid out right. before For, perforations were invented. Right. Or they thought to add perforations to stamps. I think that the takeaway on this is examine carefully when you're going to buy an expensive stamp. Or use an expert service. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, or and just, when you do buy... Just be cautious. When you do buy, you can usually a, a reputable dealer 
will uh, let you buy on con, um, contingent. Yeah, I would I would say or, beware of the dealer who doesn't. Yeah, very good, because they'll a lot of a lot of the um, mid to high range stuff. You want to get certed. Well, I, I mean, a lot of people buy things at auction, too. I mean, yeah. if and you I, can get it the same way. Items might carry a catalog value of 1000 but you might be able to buy it at auction for, you know, half cat or, or two-thirds of cat, three-quarters of cat, something like that. And, uh, you know, and then with all the fees, you end up still paying closer to cat. But still, um, if you're spending money on, an, on a stamp that's, that's worthy of that, then... Um, Always use your right to uh, return it with an expert certificate. Because if you get it and you look at it and you go, you know, I don't think this looks right, you better send it in for a certificate or they, the auction company won't take it back. Not after a certain period of time, for sure. Well, well, speaking well, of well that's because they like to pay their consigners within, usually within yeah. 60 days and, or less. Right. Speaking about which, uh, did you get your 100 bucks back? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> well, Jeff, you have a story about tape. Yeah, um, guys, we've been over this before, I think, in a previous episode, but I'm going to bring it up again. I live in Mexico City, and all my mail goes to Las Vegas here. And it's like Christmas time because I get like 100 pieces, 120 pieces of stamps coming in I'm looking forward to. I bring out my trusty Swiss knife and uh, dump the box full of mail on the bed. I usually get two beds, uh, twin beds, so I can use one as a desk. And I'm sitting there with this beautiful pile of mail ready to go through my stamps. And then all of a sudden I go through this horror show of trying to open it up. And that's because some of you guys are welding this stuff shut. I've stabbed myself. There's blood on the bed. It's... uh, and some of it you just can't get open. I've destroyed stamps. And we're talking about a dollar stamp maybe. Well, it, I purchased it maybe for a dollar, but it might, uh, SMQ might go for 50 or or $100, and so you don't want to destroy it. But what I'm saying is it takes literally on every trip that I come, it's about four days of opening mail. So I think the best thing to do Jack the prices up for a stay flat so it's nice and neat. No tape. You don't need it. Even if it gets destroyed, you're out a buck or two or maybe some postage. But just think about how you would want to receive those envelopes, and you have to open them up and uh, just think about that. Well, my suggestion is if, if you're worried about moisture, there is an invention called a Ziploc bag. And you can get them pretty small nowadays. And uh, the problem is they use tape on them. Even the tape, <laughs> they'll use tape on the ziplocs. They'll use it on everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, with the ziploc bag, you don't need tape because it should seal without it. It doesn't stop them. And I understand that. <laughs> um, I I always put my stamp in a card, and then I'll tape the edges of the card so there's nothing anywhere near the stamp, and and it and it's real easy to open, but. Um, and then I'll, I'll put the card in, in sandwich that in something rigid or heavy, like light cardboard or something so that it doesn't, 
The easiest ones that I get sometimes to open is this one guy who, I guess he's a fisherman because there's these newspapers with fish all over it, and he doesn't use cellophane. He just takes the stamp, sticks it between the newspaper, puts it in an envelope, and that's it. That's the easiest thing for me to open. (laughs) And so, anyway, it's just the beef I've got with some of you dealers out there. And, uh, you know, just well, charge more for a decent I've, stay flat. I, I, I tell you, when I sell stuff on eBay, if it's, if it's more than a, uh, like 10 or $15, I've gone to charging more and putting it in a stay flat with, with uh, for, uh, first class package tracking. So my packages usually cost about five bucks an item. And I charge three bucks in shipping, so I'm eating half. I'm splitting the shipping with with my buyers. And your presentation to your customers, it represents who you are. Yeah. And if you open it up and it's just a bunch of folded up cellophane with tape everywhere, you know you're not really looking at that person as a great you know seller. You want a class act. You want really nice packaging, just like Apple packages their stuff. Everybody looks forward and talks about how great their packaging is. Same thing with a stamp. You know, you, when you send that stamp off, you're sending a piece of your personality and, and your company. So just something to think about, guys. How do you ship, Mark? Uh, I typically will. Uh, it depends on the value of the stamp. Um, but I'll use the, the plastic cards, um, you know, with the with your black plastic with the clear face front. Um, for uh, for stamps like you know twenty five dollars and up. If it's under twenty five dollars, I'll put it in a um, a one hundred two card and then put that inside of a uh, inside of a um, a uh, you know just a smaller envelope. You know the number the six. Yeah, yeah. That that's what I that's what I do with the cheaper stuff that I sell. If it's uh, if if I'm just sending it in a uh, a first class number six envelope, then uh, there's minimal packaging. I mean, enough to make sure that it doesn't flop around and get damaged, but at the same time, I don't, can't make it too heavy because I don't want to be paying. I'm only charging a buck, and postage is now 63 cents, so I still got to pay for the envelope plus the the 102 card and the, the stamp. And, you know, I got to all – of, all of the packaging has to be paid for plus my time to package it, and a buck doesn't really cover that anymore either. But that's what I charge. So yeah. Plus, uh, of course, my favorite time of year is the political season because you get uh, every day you get <clears throat> you know stiff cardboard uh, you know advertisements for for the uh, politicians and they work great as stiffeners inside of uh, number ten envelopes and number yep. six envelopes. Yep. Or when you buy collections and they're in Manila envelopes or Manila folders, yeah. file folders, those are nice, very easy to just cut to shape and. Put them in your envelope. You need to put uh, some kind of stiffener in it. Well, I usually do when when you're shipping, like in, with an envelope, like either number ten or number six. Well, I've got I've got a, a boatload of first day covers, and a lot of some companies put uh, cards in their first day covers when they sent them, and usually the flaps just tucked in. So you unfl- untuck the flap. Pull out the card and I use it for my mailers. Yeah, because <laughs> because you know I have enough covers now that they do take up a lot of room. And if you add the stiffener on top of that to the to the weight, it's a lot of weight and a lot of space. So um, I, I I have a couple inches stack of uh, inserts that I just use as mailers 
for stiffening. Yeah, I was just thinking you were talking about stamps, but when you're doing covers, it's even more critical to have it packaged in something that's larger than the item. So when you cut the envelope open or you slit it open or whatever, you don't in unintentionally damage the content. This that has happened to me multiple times where they're putting the cover in an envelope that is touching both sides and there's no way to cut it open almost. And then when they tape it on top of it, you can't even get the scissors in there to try to get it open. It's just common sense, you know. It just take a look at what's your packaging, how is your customer going to get that thing out. You know, just think common sense, and and then you can reevaluate how you're going to package your stuff. Yeah, I feel bad now because um, <laughs> I use an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper that I have printed. It's a thicker, glossy stock. On it, it has all my advertising stuff. You know, it advertises the podcast. It uh, advertises PSE. It advertises me. It advertises everything. And I will triple fold it and put it in a legal size envelope. I have never had a complaint. Exactly. You don't even need to use tape. In fact, a black card, if you put a stamp in a, a typical... Um, black uh, card uh, and just put it in a regular envelope and don't do anything to it. Even if it flops around a bit, I bet you it gets there with no problems. Yep. And what are you worried about if it's a dollar stamp anyway? Well, yeah. even if it's not, um, I pack $100 items exactly the same as I pack $1 items. Uh, the only difference is $100 items I send certified, $1 items I send for 63 cents. Anything else, or is this a short podcast today? Okay. I'll give a shout-out to Anderson Windows. Uh, they have a direct mail campaign that they send out to people, and what they do is they'll they'll uh, uh, do a spray-on uh, address, you know, that kind of looks like uh, handwriting and so forth. But they, uh, I, I recently got a uh, promotion, advertising promotion, uh, sent in a card. It's franked with the, uh, the pre-sort uh, flag-on barn stamp. But they uh, put a sprayed on cancel, date uh, cancel, February 2023. And uh, it's really attractive. It, it actually makes it into a collectible item. Oh, let me let me see. Uh, oh, yeah, because, that is pretty cool. Yeah, because it, it, it is dated. It looks like a real cover with a yeah. real postmark on it. And it has a real stamp on it, because yeah. even though it's a pre-sort. So, uh, of course, we know pre-sorts don't have to be canceled, but they cancel it in this case. And, and it makes for a nice, uh, a nice presentation. Well, lastly, Garfield Perry. Like I said, uh, this is one that we are going to be announcing a couple times because it's a really, really good show. Um, March 17th to 19th, Garfield Perry is in uh, Chicago. It's near Cleveland, Chicago. Ohio. I'm sorry, Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. That's where the yes. APS show is going to be. <clears throat> and um, it is a who's who. It is the place to go. March 17th, the 19th, be there or be square. And the following weekend is the St. Louis Stamp Expo in, well, St. Louis. Yep. Yeah, I'll be and going to that one. I will be there and Mark will be there. Yeah. Well, have happy collecting, everybody. We need your help. Nothing on the Internet is free, including our phone and Internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. 
Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this silkom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.